Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Thank you, Dick Warren, and thank you, dear listener, for showing up again. We have a very useful, very exciting uh, guest today, conversation all about the podcast industry, trying to figure out what to do, what you should be doing, how to do it right, what not to do. All of that's coming up. Uh, in studio today, I have, whoa, there he is, uh, an in-studio guest co-host, the legendary Alex Terranova is with us. You are or are not a PCC? I am not a PCC. This <laughs> is the only place that I get to be shamed for it. <laughs> Well, it's important that you have some place in your life to experience shame. Uh, what? Uh, but you are a coach. Tell me about your coaching practice. Tell the people. Oh, man. My coaching practice is wonderful. I've been in practice for uh, almost five years. I work with... Well, really, I'm, after, since doing the podcast with you, I'm, it's adjusting how I talk about it. I'm still practicing now nice. since that episode with Joel. But uh, I like to say I'm, uh, I'm working with uh, successful professionals who are wanting to carve that great life into something even more powerful, more, more freedom, more success, more enjoyment, and more fulfillment. Typically Beautiful. men, How- athletes... Very yeah. Now, see, now you're saying typically men. You used to say I work with men. You know, it's. Now it's I told you, I'm, 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 I'm working this out still. I'm working it out right here. I didn't. I thought we were gonna. T- you were gonna ask me about my book, not about my practice. Wow. Way to way to squeeze the plug in. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about. Hold on. Let's go back. So I appreciate you moving away from the gender binary and saying that you work with people. Uh, how do people get a hold of you? Where should we look? What should we find out? TheDreamMason.com. You can always email me at alex at thedreammason.com. Instagram is fun, though I don't feel like I'm so talented at it. I'm, I'm trying to improve that, too. But inspirational Alex on Instagram. Very good. So thedreammason.com is number one. Or if you're an Insta, you can go to inspirational Alex. Yeah, give me some tips. Tell me how to do it better. Great. Thank you very much for being here. Um, man, our first guest knows her stuff. Jenny Wren Stotrup. I've been practicing Stotrup. Uh, <laughs> is an, uh, check, that, check out this list. She's an audio and content producer, musician, storyteller, vocalist, and podcast advocate. She's a producer of X-Ray.fm, narrative music podcast, and the radio show Gritty Birds, which is currently in its fourth season. Ren is the owner of Gritty Birds Podcasting, a podcast agency supporting independent podcasters and brands in refining their message and content with audio to match... Uh, oh, sorry, and content with audio to match <laughs> through production, editing, launches, and one-on-one consultations. Basically, she's an expert in the area of podcasting. We're delighted to have her with us yeah. today. Thank you for joining us. Happy to be here. Do you go by Jenny or Jenny Wren or Jenny Wren or Ms. Uh, Ms. Dr. It's, in, it's interesting, speaking of the binary, uh, guys usually call me Jen. Women usually call me Jenny. Um, in, in town, people like Jenny Wren. So I just go by Jenny. Jen, either way. <laughs> Yeah. Now I have to choose my gender identity based on what I'm going to call you. <laughs> okay, That's Ms. Funny. Stotrip. Uh, let's let's start with Gritty Birds. First of all, love the name. What are we talking about there? Where did where did Gritty Birds come from? Uh, I come I came in from the music sphere quite a bit, and it really is not an easy industry because when you're talking about having a business, diversification's everything. We're, we're in an industry that, you know, 20 years ago with streaming, it completely changed everything. There's people that had to learn how to switch, 
how they're working. And, you know, you're, you're going out nights, not always getting paid. People aren't always coming and you really, really have to have grit to be able to keep going. Mm. And so gritty birds kind of came down from this concept being Jenny Wren, um, that, that was kind of continuing that idea of the brand, but it's also just, you really, really have to have guts and you really have to find solutions on the fly when things go wrong, when your tour bus breaks down, when the, uh, the album doesn't go right when the recording goes wrong you have to find solutions and you, you just kind of have to stick to it and have grit love it yeah alex has nothing well, I, heard, <laughs> I heard you breathe so i thought you had something no i mean i i love the um i love the the name at first <laughs> i i was like you know birds are um well the first thing i thought of was like you could confuse this as a, w- a wing place. Like it's a really good name for a restaurant. Um, I was trying to think of how to say that, in a, but I, I really like it. It's cool because it doesn't identify with the obvious thing. People always choose the obvious thing, and it's kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great branding, and that's kind of what I was pointing to. Um, how how important is a catchy title? I think we're all we're all familiar with the you know the walk by of books in the in the airport or something and you are often gripped by a title um now it seems to me that the podcasting sphere is the same whether you're in itunes or spotify Mm -hmm. or any place you're you're sort of either gripped by a title or not is is it that important is it like the most important thing I think it's really important when you talk about having even your show on iTunes, you want to be able to be searchable. You want to be able to have something that people look at it and go, Ooh, candy. When you're talking about covers. So a lot of podcasters end up putting out a book, just like Alex was talking to me in the pre-interview and having that thing that just grabs people right away. Because a lot of people have, they have so many options for podcasts and not even just a new show. Let's say you have six shows that you usually listen to. And that particular week you're like, Ooh, that particular title is fantastic. Or even not even just titles, having that first like minute be something that people really capture. I can't tell you how often I hear people say, man, I, I started listening to the show, but they didn't get into the, into the material until 10 minutes in. And I turned it off because like, I wanted to get that value. I wanted to get that content. I wanted to get that excitement in it. You know, like people are like, I'm on, I have 30 minutes to get to work. I want to have that done in that amount of time especially for people who like have are like listening and have jobs where they can't listen to podcasts there's so many really successful podcasts right now that have like five minutes of ads to start how do you right and a little intro with songs Mm -hmm. yeah how do you when when, if you were talking to you know the podcasters you work with and they're listening to these people that are very successful and millions of people. And they're like, but they have five minutes of ads and story. And you're telling me to jump right in. What's the, but those shows have five minutes of ads because they've set up their business. People are stuck. Usually you're not going to launch a podcast and have all these sponsorships to begin with because people don't know who you are. And when you're at that point, like, why not? Right. It is a positive thing to be able to say, screw it. Like I'm going to have all of that there. Um, but so a good example is, um, a friend of mine runs this really amazing meditation podcast. Her husband runs Podfest, and they, uh, she, um, had somebody get really upset. They're like, I don't want to listen to your show anymore. Cause it's got all those things. She goes, I have like four other podcasts you can listen to that don't have intros. That's fine. You can go, you know what I mean? Like, and that's sort of where you get to that point mm-hmm. where, uh, if you have reached enough listeners that you can get those sponsorships, like do it. 
listen to your five minutes of ads and then get through it. Cause you usually can fast forward through most of that anyway. But if you have it in your show notes to an extent so that people know where to expect, like where to jump in, it kind of can move past those concerns that people have, but at least you're paying your people. Right. Right. That's uh, my opinion on that. Clear. So we've got, <laughs> so we've got to dive right in if you're new. And if you got, if you can go ahead and charge for all those ads and things like that, what's something yeah. else that, that everybody's doing wrong on their podcast, including us, what have we already done wrong besides starting late? Uh, um, I think that sometimes it's, Oh, what are you, what are you doing wrong? Um, I thought it was interesting. You, since you have the radio background, I do feel that radio start with the rolling of the sound and then jumping right in and, and having Sometimes it, it depends on like how you're producing the show, but like being able to record it and then doing, adding those pieces in and having something like an intro where you do post yep. is something that I really like. It makes it a little more polished in show, but it does come down to what is your time commitment? What can you do for a show in your time commitment? And I think that every podcaster has to make those decisions because yeah. um, then it, then it cuts out some of that, like, who are you? Oh, you're, you're doing, Oh, uh, you know, the stammering, which a lot of people enjoy because that like repertoire is really nice in a show. Right. So it's how, what, how, what's your ethic that you're trying to reach and what's the kind of feel that you want your audience to experience? Yeah. I invited Alex on the show one time and he keeps coming back. So I'm like, <sighs> I don't know how to break up with this guy. Yeah. I, I mean, um, I'd say like <laughs> listening to the two of you initially, the way you uh, inter introduced Alex, even though he is a regular yeah. uh, host on it, it sounded like he hadn't been on before. Yeah, well, he's he's a guest, <laughs> and I want to tries to pretend that I want to remind him that he's a guest. The uh, yeah, the the thing it's interesting that what you pointed to about the intro and stuff at the in the post because we tried that for a while. Because I, you're right. I came from a, a thing that evolved out of radio, so I'm used to you're live when you're live, and you've got to do it live. And you know, if somebody doesn't show up, you have to fill right. So, mm -hmm. uh, so we tried it without the intro for a while, and it was just so flat. It's like okay, go. Hey everybody, you know. So I I like having the dun dun dun. dun. Hey, we're on right now. Yeah, but oh, I also yeah. can hear the the uh, radio voice. What about people who are <laughs> podcasts at you know creating podcasts in their home out of the second be bedroom or in their kitchen table? Anything that they're likely doing wrong or that you hear repeatedly that you want everybody to stop immediately doing? Oh yeah, I would say most of it is people don't know how to use a mic. Or they are really far from a mic or they're way too up on a mic like this. Like that's probably one of the biggest things that I hear. There's a lot of movement or they are into echoey of a space. Um, they, I would say that's one of the biggest ones that we experience as editors. Like we he keep hearing things where people are, you know, coughing into the mic, doing just obviously dumb things that one forgets about because most people aren't me and they didn't start using a mic at six. Mm -hmm. Right. So finding the ways to really be able to cut back on a lot of the popped peas and the, like the heavy breathing is something that I think a lot of people have editors, but probably could invest less in editors if they were to kind of structure those things differently. And then the second piece of that is being able to structure your interviews so that again, you don't have to do the same amount of cutting and the kind of rambling that can happen with a lot of beginner hosts so that they can really dial in where the conversation's going and what they need out of the episode before they start the interview. What about 
there's everybody, it seems like, for the most part, everybody's doing similar things. Everybody's bringing on a guest. We're doing it right now. Everybody's kind of doing interviews. And I recently heard, I'm a big fan of uh, Akimbo, the Seth Godin mm-hmm. podcast. And he had this episode where he talks about why he developed his podcast the way he did. And it was really about how many interviews do we want to hear? Like, are we going to interview every person on this planet? Like, are we sick of interviews? Everyone thinks they're a good interviewer and everyone isn't. Mm-hmm. But creating something, his his message is always to, to create and create something unique that's really personal to you. How do you mm-hmm. feel about like that? Because that's how it seems like to me is we're all doing the same thing. I mean, that's kind of my ethic in creation where I've started to specialize even more than how to use a mic is that I really believe in setting up intentional content and then doing content repurposing. So when I, when I mentioned like the not having the intro, sometimes where I find that is more important, isn't like the energy is very clear that when you played the intro, you're like, we're in a show now, like it sets that expectation. But one of the things that you can do is break up your content. You can structure it over a period of time. You can have takeaways that then you release on a second day. And that's actually a lot of the message that I've been working with new podcasters with and older podcasters is like, how do we just not have an interview? How do we, how do we look at our content calendar for podcasting so that it's fun and interesting, you know, make it quirky, make it yours. Cause you want to have like the, both the, like the excitable and the uh, unexpected pieces of it. Last night at, uh, I work for uh, X-Ray FM here in Portland, Oregon. We had our big meeting and somebody had shared on the wall and I liked it a lot. It was, you know, content, things you've learned. The one was you want to mix between familiarity and surprise and the familiarity of those interviews is good, but having something that's unexpected within it is often one of the things that you see in some of these shows that is that extra, extra piece, you know, like how are you doing the interviews and how are you structuring your content? And do you want to switch it up? Is that more complicated for you in your life? Or are you getting bored and want to switch something up? There's a lot of different options. Probably one of my favorite ones is uh, Elizabeth Gilbert has an amazing show. And in one part of the show, um, she has the guest. She has a person who has a problem. And then on the other half of the show, it's a like a you know, really, really well-known professional person who helps solve the solution for that person. And it creates a like two-sided piece that's completely different, but it, it f- solves a need, but then also has something kind of unexpected outside the, the familiar piece of just an interview. Nice. And, and I hear some things that everybody could take from that mm-hmm. in terms of mixing up what they're doing. What about, how important is it to focus on the audience and trying to deliver to a specific audience? Or is it better to just get good content and the audience will find you? Any any tips about audience, you know? In- yeah. I think that you are, you do have to think about who your audience is because you can just create content and find your audience. But if your content's all over the place or you aren't getting that feedback from your audience, like there's something missing. Like who, you, you wouldn't be having a religious podcast and then start talking about movies, right? I mean, just like the in the obvious obvious places, or you wouldn't have one methodology and then without having an explanation explanation for why you're doing it, you wouldn't suddenly go to another method and be like, okay, now we're we're we were a uh, Montessori podcast, but 
we've decided to change that and we're just going to talk about Catholicism now. And while there may be like angles through that, it doesn't really make sense for the audience because then the audience is going to be like, oh, I have to go. There are moments though where you can do that and there are purposes for why someone might make those choices. I've heard of a lot of people who are like, I've hit 75 episodes and I want to rebrand. The time has come for me to make a transition um, laterally, I, I want to do something different. And the audience might move with that person, the audience might change. But it's really, really positive if you have the ability to be able to do focus groups within your audiences um, as you have a show going on at a certain point to see like, what are the things that you've liked? What is, what is something that's not working for you? Because you do really want to be focused on your audience because that's how you're going to get those five minutes of ads if that's your purpose. Otherwise, you're going to continue finding yourself having maybe like peaks and valleys in some of your listenership because you want to see it grow. And that's going to come from your audience. And let's spoil the surprise for people now. We talked about how it, there's a million podcasts out there, right? It's so- 600,000. Is that uh-huh. right? Is that the right number? Over 600,000. Yeah. And those, but that you have to realize that only about 100,000 of those have been actually active in the last year. Oh. We're, do, we're doing good. We're both of us. We're yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You're keeping going. <laughs> so that's why that was kind of why I said before it has to do with what you can manage and what you want to do. So, like, if your beginning is, is, is easy for you and it means that you're still recording every week, that's fantastic. If you are hitting a point where you're like, I want, I'm noticing a lag in our listenership. I want to switch things up. How can we do it as simply as possible? That's also a fair conversation. And it's different for each podcaster in where they are in their journey. Um, so when we're, uh, how do we, sorry. So I've got about <laughs> a thousand things that I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, one of the things. <laughs> Start is, with number one. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you. thank you. This is very helpful. We coached. needed her the whole you time. just got schooled. <laughs> I, I believe it was more schooled than coached. Yeah. Um, so, so let's, Let's talk for a minute about the overview of podcasting. Is podcasting even a good idea, given that there's at least 100,000 active ones? And predictably, you know, people that are starting one, we've got, we've got a budding author here, just published his first book, Fictional Authenticity, right? Should he mm-hmm. start a podcast to go along with that? Should he incorporate it into his existing podcast? Or does nobody care because nobody's listening to these 100,000 podcasts? <laughs> People are absolutely listening to new podcasts. They're listening to podcasts of people they know. Their message is getting out there. I mean, there's a million blogs, literally. But the way that podcasting is growing so fast right now, the market is looking at it. There's sponsorships. I'm meeting with like big audio brands who are like, we want to talk to you. I made a video for like Army Syntax on Friday to, you know, helping kind of talk about how I use their tools. And I'm going to be going to NAM with them this year. Like it, it is completely shifting right now. And part of it is because you can hear someone's voice. You can actually feel like you get to know their personality. And especially like in the coaching industry, there's a lot of value in that. And there's ways to do it simply that aren't, are, that are going to essentially build back into your client base because you are already doing kind of free kind of pieces of it, but it is a pretty, it can be a pretty low cost investment and there's lots of ways to do it on whatever budget that you have. Cause it, but at the end of the day, the people who are your coaching clients are going to enjoy it. They're going to be like, oh my, this is my coach. This is, you know, like there's that kind of braggy feel. And if you're giving good content and giving like that freebie essentially away, it's it's really positive for building out your network and building out your brand. 
what you can do, and I guess this is something right before the phone call I was talking with Alex, if you're, if you're just like, I'm just getting started in this, I don't have the idea. There are people like me who can help you get going, but then there's also, there are also, uh, what am I, oh, you can be a guest on other shows. So like if you can build out essentially a one sheet, I don't know if you know what a one sheet is. No. Okay. A one sheet is a PDF that has your picture on it. It says the things that you know how to speak on. It says, you know, the topics that you can talk on. It has your, like a bio, you know, something that's just like a short two paragraphs. Um, and then it says like what you have, like I have a book out, um, this is my website. And then you can try to pitch yourself to be on shows or you can hire people to help pitch you on shows as a way to start getting into the industry before you start your show. And it can be as simple as you record a 15 minute takeaway once a week or you can do as having guests there's a lot of ways that you can create your content so that people can hear what you're doing mm -hmm. so those are i think that it has a lot of value especially in the coaching industry because of the fact that uh, a good a good example is, is i have a client and they they said oh man i noticed we had such a drop off in our um our, our sales of our course when we took a break on our show and we really need to get our show going again because of the fact that like it's such a big difference for us, for people to get the message that way. Because then they'll, well, they'll have an overview of the course and they'll talk pieces of it, both of them, and they're fantastic hosts. The other half of their, the, the, the deeper training, the group pieces of it, some of those all work. And because of the fact that so much is done online already and we're already using Zoom and we're already having mics in front of us, it isn't a stretch at all to say, like, why not record it? And that was um, something that really initially got me into podcasting years ago was I was being interviewed for shows. But then I was also meeting up with people and just drilling them with questions. And then I was like, why aren't I recording these and releasing these for other people? Because that knowledge and that time resource is really valuable. Yeah. I love it. I, I know you've got questions. Go, man, because I'm right behind <laughs> you. i got a million questions. Well, you were sharing before, like, the idea of starting and, and who's listening. Your friends are listening. Your clients are listening. And I think that we, the new podcaster, especially if you're not famous, you don't have a voice, that becomes your initial pool, right? And then maybe yeah. you grow it a little bit with your social media and whatnot. Mm -hmm. but also, and your titles, you might get lucky. You know, there's definitely a huge luck factor. And yeah. yes, continue. And and then we hit, and I and I and then we I think it can if like unless you get that you catch on and you blow up or something. But how do what's the best way for people to get over that hump and get beyond their kind of warm market to those people that never heard of them, that didn't know they exist, that didn't you know don't know who they are at all. Right. I would say it's a couple different tiers of things to do. One, I really believe in having partnerships. Partnerships have been one of the things that has been really instrumental in me having success as a producer uh, on any realm from when I was doing music to when I was prevent like uh, doing big level shows, doing festivals, or now as a podcast producer, because a lot of the relationships I have in media, like go back a really long time. And what I ended up doing initially was being on shows, but being able to connect back 
to those old brands and saying like, Hey, uh, I, what is your interest in potentially sponsoring? What is your interest in some collaborations, doing something a little bit unique just to get yourself in front of a different base is really positive. That's so again, so one finding partnership ways that can get you into another base. Um, a second one would be taking a look at your Instagram game. A lot of shows, podcasting is really finding people through their hashtags, through your SEO. The SEO is going to be a huge, huge one. Like finding somebody and saying, hey, we're, we're kind of stuck. What can we do to work on your tags on it, on, on iTunes? You could do a campaign, you know, like something where you're building a, a list build, um, working again, that's a collaboration element of it. And just finding, making a list of like 15 creative ways that you can switch around. But a lot of it comes down to having it go in front of new faces with collaboration of other people. And that can be as a guest, that can be looking at your SEO and figuring out what's not clicking, can be like how you're doing your tags in in iTunes. It can be little pieces like that. It can be, I want to have a short trailer on other shows other podcasts. So those are getting out there and, um, maybe even pitching your local stations about, or, or local papers so that you can have your content out there in different ways. And all of those things can really build up your base or finding a really big guest is, is one that often is like really, really huge for people who want to have a jump is creating excitement around like live feeds um, like a, a mix between any or all of those are things that can re- revitalize a system that you have that started in a new way, especially after you start getting going for a while and you're like, okay, we, we, we need to, we need to step back and see what are, what are we, what are we getting lazy on? Cause everyone, you know, it's like, it's always the joke of the married couple and they've been together forever. And then they're like, what are we having for dinner? And it's like, Oh, we've had the same thing for six years. And there's a positive to that. But then there's the part of being like, man, we haven't made out. In like- <laughs> super, but it super connects. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we're gonna um, we're gonna take a, br- a break in a moment. When we come back, I want to talk about everything from um, how we can make money at this game, if if we can. What uh, what he should do about his you know book. I guess you heard, uh, but also serial. Uh, serial was a sort of a milestone in podcasting, and I want to talk about that. I had the privilege of working with some of the folks over there, and uh, it was it was hilarious to be on the on that side of things when they were blowing up, right? And then. Um, and uh, in the meantime, everybody should go immediately to grittybirds.com. That's G-R-I-T-T-Y-B-I-R-D-S.com. And find out all about Jenny Wren Stotrup and everything that she offers and every way that she can support you as you build, uh, improve, or increase the audience for your podcast. Um, anything that you want to say before our break, mister? No, tell us how to make money. Money, That's... money, 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 money. <laughs> Especially him. Everybody Jen. wants to know that. That's what everyone wants to know. Jenny, thank you so much for being with us. We'll be back after these messages. When we come back, we'll have an announcement about the ICF Converge Conference. All right. Thank you very much. You're listening to The Coaching Show right here on Accomplishment Media or wherever fine podcasts are available. We'll be back with more with Jenny Ren Stotrup and Alex Terranova right after this.
Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the World's Finest Coach Training Program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. Love her voice. Love it a lot. Are you making fun of me? Did, you just run, did we just play an ad for you? We did. We did. We played. There are actually several ads. Only one of them is for me. All right. You're a little envious, aren't you? You All want right. one for fictional authenticity, don't <laughs> right. you? Right. I'm just... Yeah. I was the first time I heard that. That's new. No, it's old. Oh. Yeah, we've been doing this behind your back for a long time. Oh. <laughs> All right. There are other things, but I can't tell you right now. Uh, I'm going to... Sh- Alex is great. Alex is great. <laughs> Alex is great. This, there, there we go. Another ad. Yeah. Five second promo. <laughs> Maybe stick to your day job. That I is... have a book. I have a book. <laughs> That's uh, the voice of Alex Terranova. You can find him at thedreammason.com, thedreammason.com. He is a coach in his fifth year of coaching. My name is Christopher McAuliffe, master certified coach, uh, host of this year podcast as well as uh, CEO of a company, and I have some clients. I've uh, been coached for 27, it's hard to say out loud, 27 years uh, in private practice and hold the master certified coach credential. Did I already say that part? I think I did. Um our guest today is, uh, oh, we got to talk about the ICF oh. Converge. So our guest today is Jenny Renstotrup. We'll talk more about her and with her in just a moment. But we have to tell you about the ICF Converge Conference. There's one more conference this year for those of us who are coaches, and that is the ICF Converge Conference. It's their actual international, actually international uh, conference, and it's in Prague, Czechoslovakia this year. So if you've always wanted a tax-deductible reason to go to Prague, this is your chance. It's um, October, I want to say, 24th through the 26th. You can find out more by going to Coach federation.org and look up under events. I will be there. You will not. Is that correct? You're not going to Prague? You know, our our mutual friend, Christina, who's speaking in Prague, was yes. uh, doing a pretty good casual hard sell yeah. on, you know, so I don't know. I'm thinking about it now. That's I was not friend. going. You should go see your friend. I, I should. She I mean, I wouldn't have a book without that friend. Yeah. So... Oh, wow. You can work this into any conversation. Nice job. Uh, in case it's I'm getting, not I'm just getting ready super for the show, right? Alex has just written his first book, which is published by Accomplishment Media, which is called Fictional Authenticity. Tell us about the book in 20 words or less. Ready? Oh, man. 20 words or less. I just used five, six, seven. 
<laughs> uh, the book is about the idea that when we were kids, we had a vision and a story of what our life would be like or what we thought we wanted it to be like. And we either grew up and made that a reality or we created some version of that that was like the opposite of what we wanted as a, like an overcompensation and whatnot. And in the book, I basically take people through my journey of through coaching and reading and all the things I've done over the last five years to transform my life to reveal and strip that fictional authenticity down and then rebuild and really discover who I really am. And so people get to take that journey with me, but also take on those practices and exercises themselves. Available wherever fine books Cur- are available. Currently on Amazon. We're Amazon. working on the audiobook right here in the studio. Uh, and our goal is November for the audiobook. Amazon. I've heard of them. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Jenny Ren Stotrup is our guest today. She is the founder of Gritty Birds. You can find her on the web. Uh, it's very popular. Grittybirds.com. Uh, Jenny Ren, look outside and tell me what uh, city you're in. I'm in Portland, Oregon. What a beautiful place to be. I actually did look outside and I was like, oh, my backyard needs work. <laughs> Stomp down. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk Stomp about down. Uh, so podcasting has changed, right? I, mm-hmm. I'm so old that I was in podcasting when we called it internet radio and had to talk mm-hmm. people into that you could hear things through the interwebs. Um, but things have changed, and you say, at least you've, you've mentioned that everything changed with cereal, the podcast, not the breakfast food. What? Uh, I, I want to clarify that I do say that. I also read this incredible article from Vulture, and that was sort of one of the things when that I switched in at two, there's a, on the September 30th is international podcast day. And I love vulture. I think it's like one of my favorite sites. I think that they create content in a really interesting way, but they had this art, this article that was pretty much like, Hey, we're in, we're in pod, the, the future of podcasting. And there's a lot of great articles out there, but it was talking about some of the stuff in Edison research. And they're the, they're the company that does all the research each year. And every year, they give a big talk and they do it at a couple different conventions. And one of the things that happened is, is there was just this lull and we kept being like, when are people going to realize that podcasting is here? And we're finally at that stage. Mm. But one of the big markers, when you look at the time is when serial came out and how people consumed that really, really shifted completely. Cause it went from like, Oh, I can, I can, I can do more with this. This is, this is fun. It's in my, it's in my phone. And that was when a lot of money started coming into it. Now there's a huge amount of money happening and coming into the sphere. Um, but it is still, it is, it is still, it is still within that first five years of since that big shift happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's go back. Where did you find that article on the future of podcast? Vulture, vulture.com. Great. And the, um, Vulture. One of the things that was exciting for me in, in uh, having the privilege of working with somebody in that uh, in that realm when Serial was happening and was became very, very big was to see what happens sort of behind the scenes when something explodes that you didn't expect to get so big. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I could share from what I experienced as a, as a sort of voyeur or somebody who was, you know, had a little bit of a view in behind, but do you have any... Um, recommendations when people, when your podcast goes big, we know that it's few and far between, but when it does, anything that people need to know or keep in mind? I really just believe in making sure you have systems management. 
I know it sounds boring, but that's going to be a huge thing is being able to like know your systems. Like, how are you releasing? How do you stay consistent? Uh, what does it, what does it look like if you do get that phone call to have a big sponsor, like, you know, have enough in place so that if something cool and unexpected happens that you can actually do something with it, you know, like have your, I'm, I'm one of the conversations in one of the groups this week was like, I'm really tired of the back and forth emails of setting up an interview. Right. And it, it's like, well, why don't you just use a scheduler? Right. Invest a little extra in a scheduler. And in that scheduler, you can put down your expectations for recording. You can um, have all the reminders. You can have a second reminder for some of those pieces. One of my friends, he has this really uh, incredible, incredible show. I'm trying to think of the name of it, but they did a talk at podcast movement this year. And he has a like four tier reminder series of saying like, if you don't have a mic, we're going to cancel the interview. I don't care how well known you are. Um, but it's, but said nicely, you know, over and over and over, make sure you have a mic. If you need me to send you a mic, I can send you a mic. This is a mic that works. You know, if you have to reschedule because you can't get a mic, we can do that, you know, but it like hits so many times. And part of that is through the system of your scheduler. And it's, you know, it's, it's as simple as like, why would you have a business not be able to send an invoice? Right. Um, And I think that if you're, you should be treating your podcast like a business or as an extension of the business that you already have. And so that, you know, when your guests are happening, you know, the links to where they're at, you know, all those pieces so that you don't, it doesn't feel like a shocker when something gets big, Mm -hmm. you have a way for people to contact you. You have a way to um, schedule things through. And that'll take away a lot of the stress that you're going to have. If all of a sudden you're like, whoop. I love that. I appreciated uh, one of the things that I'm vaguely aware of and can speak to is that uh, one of the things I appreciated as an observer to their process was that they kept their eye on the ball. In other words, the, mm-hmm. the focus is on quality and you know the next and the next at being at the same high level and didn't really get uh, swayed much by you know popularity. In other words, they didn't change. Mm-hmm. They just kept doing what they were doing. Right. Yeah. I mean, if it's working, that's the key. If it's not working, that's where you kind of want to step back and say, well, what's happening here? But if it's working, good job. Way to go. Right. It made it happen. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, about podcasting generally as well. For a long time, and as long as I've been doing this, uh, Apple iTunes has been a totally free, totally searchable, and easily found way to get your podcast out there and to find other podcasts that you may be interested in. I noticed mm-hmm. that there's a huge movement on the part of Spotify to sort of mm-hmm. develop content and and have a ton of content that's available uh, are we about to see the monetization of iTunes, which will then create sort of the same type of wars that we have for uh, visual entertainment, you know, where people want you to sort of pay for their stream of what they've got available? Well, there is already conversations about that, but in a couple different ways. You are already paying to be on Spotify for without ads, right? You're already doing that. You look at uh, Spotify partnered with Anchor and then they, I forget who the third one was, but you know, they're, they're becoming a conglomerate. And then there's also like Pandora's in the game. Um, there's people who are, have been around and are really trying to create new content and to be able to fund shows for the content creation. But I don't see the major amount of shows behind a paywall yet. What we are seeing at the current moment is people who are applying to their base and in advertisement. But the people who are making the most money right now are going to their base through things like Patreon. Um, Glow is a new platform that's also 
going along this concept, a few different places have, you know, you do have it based on numbers of streams, but a lot of them, the paywall situation, what you're seeing, especially in Patreon, people with Patreon accounts is that they'll hit a point where they will remove material and you have to be able to get that old material through there. Or a really great um, conversation I I sat with this uh, year was a bunch of creators that are doing some neat thing, Trivial Warfare, um, um, Ben Franklin's World, uh, the, oh, wait, wait, uh, um, just forgetting names of so some good. of these shows, but yeah. the main part of it is that they'll have it where they'll be like, you get a free episode. Two of them are going to go to mainstream. Two of them are going to be behind the paywall and people who are really invested in those shows aren't afraid to do that because being able to get that content, especially to them is great, but it also makes sure that the content creators are being paid and that not everything they're doing is just being given away for free. And so we're seeing kind of like right now that the, like the independents that are, are really kind of separating, but most, even those independents are seeing, you know, we're talking about the, like the five to 10,000 listeners, some 50 to a hundred thousand. There's, they're not getting that, that much based on per, for advertisements like there's some but the best way to get money in advertisements is if you reach out to someone very specifically because you if that's catered to your market and then um that they feel like they're going to get the value as opposed to just getting it from ad insertion because ad insertion doesn't pay that much do you see there I, i read an article recently about how hbo like developed and how hbo separated and became but a lot of it had to do with money and just like being mm-hmm. able to create amazing content that people were willing to pay for. And obviously it started with just movies, but when HBO became what HBO is now, do you see somebody being able to do that with podcasts? Like somebody being the HBO of podcasting? I think that's one of the things that Gimlet was trying to do. Right. And, and you see that, uh, cause it was, you, you see that people trying to do that. And there are some of those houses that are, are setting up shows, but oh. Again, it's coming down to seed funding. And if you because podcasts are so diverse and because people are listening to a diverse array of shows often, I think that that still is going to be a little different because people are listening to interview podcasts. It's not just it's not just fiction or drama like they they might have a show like Serial that they love that's like true crime and they might really love this coaching show and then they might also have um, as a thir- third show a something completely different right. and cooking so to have three different subscriptions I think is still challenging that but they but people who are really 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 invested in a single show are still being willing to say, say I'll give five bucks a month to patreon or I'll give three dollars per episode or things like that right yeah. and and but that's because of the personal investment in some of these shows and you might see some networks that are like and you see this in radio, you know, like we're getting ready for our fun drive at the station. And there are people who are like, I, I, I'll spend 20 bucks because I know that we're creating content here. That's really great. But that I don't think is going to be the biggest of the trends because everyone's trying to do that. And at a certain point when you have, you know, $55 things, you're like, oh crap, that's a lot of money. Right. And I think that's sort of where podcasting is still going to find some challenges until it really, really hits critical mass and we're not there yet. It's interesting. It's, it's a very exciting time, you know, and to see all these moves, it's, I'm, I'm equally stymied by the, the people that I see 
making big moves like Spotify as the people that I don't. You know, I, I'm not sure. Maybe I missed something. But where's Amazon in the podcast game? You know, I've seen some chat that Amazon is is exploring it right now. I mean, Amazon has been the one place that is turning podcasts into shows. Hmm. TV shows, right? Yeah, That's right. where lore, you know, right, Aaron right, right. show. That's where homecoming is. That's, and so they've been kind of through that, but the, the bigger part for Amazon is a hundred percent using uh, the Alexa situations and being able to do smart media. Cause there's a huge, huge ability for area for growth through uh, being able to set up, everything through your streaming, your, your Alexa, et cetera. Gotcha. And that's actually, I feel like lately where Amazon has really benefited and where people are finding that to be super positive. But I have, I've heard some things that they're trying to do some development because pretty much everybody has to develop something at this point, but it's still, it's still weird when you have like a, a streaming television thing and you're like oh, i don't i don't want to listen to a podcast on netflix because it's my netflix but netflix is getting into podcasts it's uh it yeah and i'm i'm interested not only in you know how those things go but things like that i didn't see coming you know the new york times right becoming mm-hmm. a huge podcaster and getting a lot of um, audience there. Anyway, I think print media is really great. And, and, and But the New York Times has been doing incredible video and audio um, multimedia forever. Right, I, right. I'm a, and, and that's something that they've always been really strong in. So it was it's not shocking to me that some of their shows in the New York Post, um, pretty much print media and, and audio media, I mean, uh, sorry, like blog media, it's so easy for that to happen because honestly, compared to, and cost for pod to create a podcast is way less than to create video any right, day. Right. And it's a lot less work. And if, if you figure out your structure, it's uh, it's, it definitely has a good return, especially now that we're getting closer to critical mass. It's really interesting and great time to be in the business. Let's talk uh, about uh, some of the things that I've heard you sort of speak to along the way, podcast mm-hmm. movement, podcast editors oh, yeah. conference. What else, what else should we be aware of people in podcasting? Cause I don't know. Those yeah. Things. Podcast movement. Uh, I've been, uh, this year was my fourth or fifth year. I can't remember. I'm starting to lose track. And it was essentially, there wasn't a conference. There needed to be a conference and they've been around for like seven years now, but it's a huge, huge, huge hub for uh, podcasters. And then She Podcasts is another amazing resource. And these are really have been driven toward independent podcasters because there have up till now been conferences for people who are radio professional professionals and people who are radio professionals have been moving into podcasting because of the fact that like it's harder to find and fund radio stations. And so it's changing the medium. So like I really love seeing kind of the, the mix between like third, there's third coast. Um, and then in the fall, uh, same time next week, there's another women's conference down in LA, but those are focused more on radio professionals or that maybe some of them are now creating content for things like Gimlet, but like it's, it's more the journalism side, but for independence, um, she podcasts live and they're, but she podcasts group on Facebook and same with the podcast movement group on Facebook is this insane resource for people who want to learn more about podcasting 
And podcast movements really expanded in the last few years because they're actually doing an LA one called Evolutions that's sort of like a tiered track situation. And then they also do regular um, challenges that help guide people through the whole process because not everyone can hire me. And I know that. And like, I don't expect that. And I think that sometimes people are like, oh man, uh, I'm so upset about blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, that's okay. Cause I don't, I know that I started off being able to do it on a, on a virtually nothing budget because I figured out a way to do it. And so can another person, but it really helps if you have those guidances just depends on your budget and how much you want to be hands-on or how much you want support with. Uh, but, but those I'd say podcast movement and she podcasts are like two of my biggest resources. And then, um, if you are an editor like me, like there's other groups, like the podcast editors group and there's, you know, there's just a whole slew of, fantastic resources, especially through Facebook and and in ways that's challenging because like we can't, we need to not be so reliant on Facebook. Like I had that happen this spring when I got booted off for a month for an unknown reason. And then I couldn't reach anyone for that month. That was frustrating, but knowing that and sort of recognizing it means that there's people like LinkedIn is becoming a bigger place for some communication and, and finding other platforms to be able to uh, spread message and have conversations is, is like discus and um, is, is an interesting realm. I want to, I want to go back because I'm aware that some of our audience is not in North America. I want to mm. be clear that what you're saying is she S H E podcasts, yes. not sheep podcast. Oh. Which is a whole, <laughs> that's a whole different deal. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. The, it's um, interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting seeing podcasting, um, internationally a little different than the U S cause in the U S everyone wants a side hustle. Mm-hmm. And I, I see that there's a, a slightly different, uh, experience worldwide, but there isn't as much of, there aren't as many conferences or, uh, overseas. I know Australia has some can, um, has some things because like, oh, especially overseas there, because you can, there's a lot of Australian uh, podcasters, a ton of people in the Philippines that are working in podcasting. You, um, one of the things I'm really getting from you, which I think you you say it really clearly and you give a lot of direction, is how much goes into this, right? Like we hear people say all the time, I'm going to start a podcast or I'm starting mm-hmm. a podcast. And the way you talk about it, and you said this earlier relate to it like it's a business, relate to it mm-hmm. like it's an arm of your business, even mm-hmm. a, a serious side hustle. But y- if you want to be, and, and you can please speak to this, but it seems like if you want to be successful at this, you actually have to relate to it that way. And you have to be aware of all these different layers that are layered throughout it. Yeah. And it it's like anything, you can start off on a surface level and then build out or but you want to have at least some, it can't just be skin level. It has to be a little bit below or you're going to end up finding issues. And a lot of those issues are things that like I figured out over time. Cause I've, I, man, the first, like the first I've lost two interviews and one of them was on Sunday and you know, as dumb as it is, it's like, I had to remind myself don't rush. And it was something just so stupid. It was like using a port on my computer that I forgot. I just was, that doesn't work very well anymore mm. instead of using the one that works really well. And it's, knowing how to troubleshoot and troubleshoot and troubleshoot. And there are always going to be mistakes. Things are going to go wrong. Something's going to be unexpected, but like if you can be prepared and like have those lists, like there's checklists out there, there's, you know, content planning, but do all of that. But then also don't overthink it so much that you are so precious with it, that it never comes out. And I think finding the balance between that takes a little bit of time. I, I mean, I talk with podcasters a lot that are at that, like, 
I'm at episode 50 or I've recorded 15 of them. Um, but I don't like the first 15, but those first 15, like got them to be able to have those questions that they didn't know they needed to have. Cause as much as I can explain it to someone else, like once you're in it, you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. Yeah. It's, it's really great. Um, how can people work with you? Do you only work with big people with big, uh, huge budgets mm-hmm. or can you work with normal humans? I work with, yeah, I work with a mixture between uh, organizations, companies, and individuals. So I do anywhere from like coaching where we're sitting now with four sessions. You're like, I'm going to have a show. I, this is, you know, I have a limited budget um, to uh, heading, setting up launches to going ahead and actually, like I said, working with brands and their advertisement even. Um, So you can find me at grittybirds.com and you can just schedule a time in acuity. I usually have a few sessions throughout the week. We can just have a chat. Um, And then I, just have the rates that I have and we kind of have a chat if it makes a good sense. And otherwise I I am, I am connected to a lot of other editors and professionals that um, I'm happy to connect with. If it's, if my schedule is too full or, you know, you're like, Oh, this is my specific thing. I'm like, I know who you need to talk to, for example, you know, so grittybirds.com, that's G-R-I-T-T-Y-B-I-R-D-S.com. And then I also am on Instagram at grittybirdspodcasting, and that's the same on Facebook. And I do a lot of Facebook Live videos where a lot of that content, you know, things like vocal exercises, setting up your interface, and things are there and on the YouTube channel for Gritty Birds. It's so great. And you also can do large-scale things like uh, mm-hmm. content creation and things that uh, yep. large organizations need. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been working with a lot of broadcasters uh, on that, and I'm, I've got a couple um, businesses that I'm helping with that and, and to also train their teams because one of the things is that, like, you can hire me for everything, but if you already have a really great writer on your team, um, they can take care of the show notes, right? Like, figuring out ways to do it uh, is 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 a growing um, hustle in this industry because you can self-train or you can get trained. And it's always easier to get trained. Yeah. All right. <laughs> exactly. Alex, anything uh, for our, any last questions, no, concerns? Or... Thank you for letting us bombard you. Yeah. I feel like we assaulted you with ICBM missile <laughs> worth of questions. True. So thank you. I for mean, just... I would, I would like to say that at the end of the day, um, you have to have a passion to do this because it was like, make way, I want to make the mon- money, make the money, make the money. But you, when you're starting a podcast, you can't think about the revenue in the final. You have to kind of like suspend that disbelief because I I know amazing shows that have never gotten listens. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. you can do it all perfectly and then just not hit, you know, and, and that's fine. And that can build or all of a sudden something can have a shift, but you do have to kind of step into it and realize that you're going to make some like crazy connections with people. And that so much of that is going to be one of the big values that you have. And you are going to see money in different ways. It might be your clients. It might be through the connections. It might be a lead that you didn't expect to have. And, and that's my favorite thing about podcasting is how unexpected things get and keeping your, your head open to that. So that's really a great, yeah. uh, uh, parting thought for all of us. And, um, I don't know if you heard this, but Alex has written a book. It's called fictional authenticity. <laughs> what's your, what's your recommendation he have a for book? him? What, what should, what's his next move? What should he be doing? His next move is to make a one sheet and start, you know, go on iTunes and see the shows he might want to talk to and send personalized pitches, not, you know, listen to their show, of course, you know, but I would say that would be your next step. Beautiful. Sounds like a great job for my publisher. It's like, right? (laughs) 
Yeah, it does. Yeah. It really does. Uh, all right. <laughs> That's Jen, Jenny Wren Stotrup. Uh, you can find her and, and get so much more information by going to grittybirds.com. Alex Terranova, thedreammason.com. Thank you both for being with us. This has been a great episode. I learned a lot, and now I feel like I should have uh, done everything differently. <laughs> all right, my dear listener, thank you. That's another edition of the Coaching Show Behind Us. Uh, thank you for being with us this week as every week when we bring you people out on the cutting edge of coaching or just plain people you need to know about and things you need to know. Uh, thank you to our uh, longtime sponsor, Accomplishment Coaching. This is the coaching show, and I can't talk anymore. Accomplishment Media. Thank you all. <laughs> <laughs>